You're listening to Love, Mary Jane, a big talk podcast helping relationships thrive in the modern cannabis culture. I'm Joanna Newding, a cannabis lifestyle guide, published relationship writer, and host of Casually Baked, the podcast. And on Love, Mary Jane, I'm your armchair life coach. Oh, that I'm asking, just a little phone call. If you're at a crossroads and the intersection is cannabis and relationships, put it in park. You're in the right place. So give me what you got. Engage by submitting your story and cannabis-infused relationship questions at lovemaryjane.net. Each episode of Love, Mary Jane will feature a letter seeking advice or insight into a relationship affected by cannabis. Romantic, familial, professional, personal, nothing is off-limits. Wherever you're struggling, I will hand-select a friend, colleague, or expert that feels appropriate to join me in the studio to help me empower you to make the best decision. This is Love, Mary Jane. Dear Mary Jane, when dating, do you think it's a good idea to have a steady piece of booty with an understanding that it's just intimacy and pleasure with no strings attached? That's the situation I find myself in. I think it helps me be a more discerning dater because I'm not jonesing for sex and companionship. I guess I shouldn't say there are no strings attached. There are emotions involved. I care about and love this man deeply, but he says he's not my guy. So I continue to put myself out there by meeting new people and online dating and trying on sex with the guys I sense potential. I have three dates scheduled this week. It's definitely an emotional workout for my heart, but I think I see clearer. And until I find that intense connection and body-melting sexual chemistry with someone new, I don't want to give it up. It would be like someone asking me to give up my love affair with cannabis. What do you think? Am I a masochist? Signed, polyamor-ish. So, Aaron... You are the perfect person to be in the studio with so me today. Fun. I know. This is one of my – it really is one of my favorite subjects to talk about, especially for women, because I think it's something that we deal with on a consistent basis, especially in our culture and society today of, you know – when do you sleep with someone? You know, do you do you wait? And that whole kind of Madonna whore complex that we mm-hmm. are consistently working through, especially as women who are are really embracing a new level of our own success in our business and how that also then relates to our relationships. So love this topic. Well, I I had read an article that you had posted once that when I when I read this letter. It made me think of this article. You posted it on Instagram. It was the, what was this called again? Uh, The Best Sexy Friends article. Yes, (laughs) Best Sexy Friends. So I felt like you could give us some really good insight into this. Now, you know, from my own anecdotal experience, I have done this. I've done this a couple of times. You know, once it worked out really well, but there weren't emotions involved. Mm. You know, it was a guy that I I was very clear that, you know, I was not into him as far as a, you know, relationship went. He was significantly younger than me, but mm. he was a beautiful, 
sexy man, and we had porn star sex oh. and smoked pot together, <laughs> and it was great. But then I went to work that week, and I didn't think about him. I didn't call him. We, you know, so it that kind of thing works out. But when you add that emotional aspect into it, mm-hmm. you know, the workout for the heart that that's that's the real deal. Yeah, and that piece touched me as well. Sometimes I think about these situations as is like an emotional CrossFit. Where you're actually, you're learning so much about yourself as well, I think, through the process. Um, and I mean, let's be real. When you see a woman walking down the street and she's glowing and you're like, oh, yeah, she got something good last night. <laughs> it, it beams from you. And I actually think for a lot of women, it does end up magnetizing um, more men into their life um, because they're, they're already coming from a place of being full. Mm-hmm. Uh, interestingly enough, though, I actually think that it's okay to have emotions, even if you are in an unattached, kind of untangled dynamic with someone. Because, I mean, let's be real, sex is messy and it is emotional. And, you know, sometimes, you know, you're going to maybe you're going to cry or you're going to feel attached, even though you don't want to. And then you're like, oh, like, I'm just not going to try to feel this. Yeah. Um, you know, which is why I actually think one of the 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 biggest things about having this type of a dynamic with someone is is having honesty and transparency being a key element um, to how you relate to someone. Yes, absolutely. And that's the fact that you said that too about the emotions. It's it's absolutely true because the sex is always way better when there are the emotions involved. And so it is like with the the hot sexy model boy and the you know, the porn star sex, it's, you know, I mean, it was like this is going to be a great story to tell my girlfriends at happy hour <laughs> next week, but it wasn't like I was like having mind-blowing orgasms with him, you yeah. know? And so that's why when I did this this thing with the person that there were emotions involved, it is better and I have learned so much about myself doing that. And so it um, I think it does take a level of maturity mm-hmm. and um, someone who can make time for themselves to meditate and really be introspective. And am I getting what I need from this person? Which comes back also to that transparency point. And, you know, if if you if you if it feels good, do it, you know, that is a huge motto in my life. So if it feels good, do it. But then afterwards, if you don't feel good anymore and you don't feel good for two and three and four days after that, then we've got to think about big picture. This doesn't feel good. Yep. Definitely. Um, it was funny. When I was single and dating, I used to feel like there was a difference between having nourishing, connected sex that actually felt generative to my system and allowed other aspects of my life to feel like they were in flow. You know, like when I'm having really great sex, there's like the creativity piece kind of opens up in me a little bit more. Um, I'm generally speaking a little bit more pleasant to be around <laughs> when, I'm, when I'm feeling sexually nourished. 
Yet at the same time, I definitely had experiences where I was like, oh man, this guy's really hot and I would love to get a piece of that. And then the next day, it almost felt, it was like empty calories. Like it was like, oh yeah, it's midnight and that like double cheeseburger and fries is, like sounds so good. And yeah. then the next morning you're like, why did I do that? Yeah, right. You know? And so yeah. you have to be mindful of your own system of seeing like what actually nourishes you and what doesn't. Um, which is why I also think that this type of a relationship can be really great for especially women to start really paying attention to their own boundaries and also their own desires and being able to start vocalizing and maybe exploring aspects of their sensuality um, that they're curious about um, mm-hmm. And want to actually be able to explore it with someone that they consider to be a friend who respects them, um, who they have a great connection with and they have great sex with. Um, and, and then it's actually a safer way than, you know, the casual hookup culture of going on some Tinder date and hooking up and being emotionally unattached. And, you know, you're just trying to get get off in some way. And then you're like, oh, wait, I don't want to be around you anymore. And don't call me. And it's it's so disconnected. Yeah. You know. Well, and at, at the rate that these social apps and, and online dating platforms work, it's like zero to 60 in, in like, you know, I think I was telling you in three hours, I'd already had a, you know, a naked pic from some dude that I'd just given my phone number to. I'm just like, really? Like, where where is that happy medium? It's like, you know, you just get ghosted or you get dick pics. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And so great options. I, you know, so I'm like, yeah, to to have somebody where you're like, you know what? I'm sexually satiated mm-hmm. and I can go through this dating landmine and breathe a sigh of relief thinking like, well, you know what? I had three bad dates this week, but thank God I'm not in any hurry to to make a bad decision. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I I also personally think that the men that I want to sleep with, I actually want to be friends with them. Like before anything else, especially if you're going into it and the guy's like, hey, I really like you. This probably isn't a good fit long term. Um, I, I would much rather have that level of honesty and be like, hey, you know what? This is probably a temporary situation, you know, there, there might be an expiration date in terms of this particular container of how we're choosing to relate to each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, the real evolved way of doing it is being able to say, oh, okay, you know what? Something shifted for me. And um, whether that's me being honest about, hey, I'm actually starting to feel more for you um, and I actually want to go deeper with you and being honest about that or being honest about, hey, you know what? Um I actually want to put more attention on really finding my long-term partner that wants to go deep. And so I think that we should take a break from this and actually just be platonic friends who still care about each other. Mm -hmm. And generally speaking, the sex will be much better if that's the case because both people actually care for each other. So they're coming to this experience that's, um, you know, intimate and raw and exposing of ourselves in so many particular ways. And you actually get to walk out of it and not feel used or like you're using someone else in this kind of uh, tricky or manipulative way. 
Yes, because you want their highest good for them and you know that they want the best for you too. And so there is that that meeting each other where you are thing. And, and you know, I equate it to, uh, to doing a dance. It's just like, you know what, sometimes it, it'll be a quick step and, you know, sometimes <laughs> it'll be a slow burn. And, you know, sometimes we're just going to skip along on the beach together. Like it's going to, you will run the gamut. But if you're really good friends and you are honest and you are transparent and, you know, you do these things, then then I think you can weather the storm. Now, you know, me being a, this being a cannabis related relationship show, I think cannabis helps me a lot Mm -hmm. in really dialing in and making sure I still am okay with this type of, you know, romantic situation I have myself in or, you know, or, or any sort of relationship that I have. Like, being able to smoke and and meditate and just mm. really be introspective and thoughtful about am i truly getting my needs met am i truly okay with how this is going you know do i truly want to be friends with this person do they make me better you know do i make them better like or is this a win win are we giving each other of uh, of ourselves in in a way that's um, respectful and, 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 and not feeling like you are forcing something on someone. Like, you know, I know a lot of people that are in romantic situations where they'll just stay in it because the other person is really into them and they really like the way that feeling of someone else loving on them feels, but they, but they don't necessarily reciprocate it. And, I have to tell you, that person feels that you're not reciprocating that. Yep. You know, and so it's like, that's not a fair situation either. So, you know, if you aren't sure, let cannabis, you know, be your your consciousness guide to mm-hmm. really being clear about how you feel about the other person and making sure that, you know, that everything you're doing is with the best of intentions. Yeah. I think you, you bring up such a great point with that because... I, Sometimes it's hard to be honest with ourselves, especially when we see something that we maybe we wish that it looked a little bit different. And so we're like, maybe I'm not going to be completely honest because maybe I think I can slightly change this dynamic down the road. Um, and you're right. Cannabis can offer such a an opportunity to connect with yourself on a deeper level to know what's really true for you and what's coming up. And I think the scary thing and the beautiful thing about these type of relationships is when you actually listen to that voice and and you're and you go into maybe some of the fear around, oh wow, I have to say this thing that's really vulnerable, mm-hmm. that it actually gives you an opportunity to take a closer step in the direction of the type of relationship that you're ultimately wanting with someone in a you know, a committed way or, you know, as our, as the woman who wrote in like a polyamorous way, but you're, you're getting yourself closer to that by being honest about what's real and the dynamic. Um, And for me in these type of relationships, the biggest thing that I see being a a struggle is part of that um, and around putting expectations on the other person that aren't clear. 
So in this type of a dynamic, just like you were saying earlier, you're like, oh, like, you know, we hooked up and it was great. And then I had a huge work week and I wasn't thinking about him or dwelling on it or, you know, why hasn't he called me? Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that a lot of the time we end up putting expectations of what we, how we feel the other person should behave in this type of dynamic. Mm-hmm. And it's a way that we kind of put these energetic hooks into the other person. And I think that it's so beneficial to, to recognize when you're doing that and to actually soften and let go of some of those unrealistic expectations or just expectations that you're not sharing with the other person around how you want them to show up. Right. And that sometimes they're programmed expectations. Totally. Too. Just these societal expectations of what it means to, you know, have a boyfriend or a partner or, and, you know, and I think that ends up happening a lot in situations such as this, but there's this dynamic of expectations being put placed on someone, but also someone projecting their own insecurities on you. So sometimes you haven't put an energetic hook into someone, but they, that's what they're used to. And Mm -hmm. they, they're trying to pretell the story. And so it's, it's being mindful of where your energy is going, but also being able to stand up and say, Hey, I, I feel like you're projecting some things on me, like, let's talk about this. Let's make sure, you know, the, the energy in the room is feeling a little different. So let's, let's address it. And, and I think as long as you check in quite frequently in these styles of relationships, the better. Yep. I definitely agree. Uh, it's interesting. It actually, it reminds me of the story of how my partner and I kind of came to be. Um, because we've been, uh, I'll say, like relating to each other for close to three years now. And when we first met, one of the reasons that I actually really appreciated him was because right before we were going to hook up the very first time, he asked me, he said, what does it mean for you to have sex with someone? And I'd never had any man before ask me that because no I, man's ever asked me that. Yeah. I love the saying, um, no man treats you um, better and is more attentive to you than a guy who's trying to fuck you for the first time. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, wow, that's totally true. Like they'll blow, you know, all the bells and whistles. Yes. And it was a level of honesty that I actually had a challenging time answering because mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about it for myself. Um, but when he and I met, um, I was leaving a, a, f- a five-year career and I was transitioning and I was in no place looking for like the one or even something that resembled a relationship where anyone had any expectation of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and and neither was he. And we were both really clear with each other. Um, but we went really, really deep. And we formed such a beautiful bond and connection that was based on all of those things of transparency. Um, And, you know, at the time I was like really interested in exploring more of my submissive side. And I would have much rather done that with someone who I trusted, who knew, who I knew was like, hey, if something comes up, like it's all good. I'm here for you and we can talk about it. That doesn't mean that we're going to end up like hooking into each other and, you know, trying to shift something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we we kind of related that way for about six months. And then 
Interestingly enough, he went on a trip uh, to New York and I was, you know, back here in California and we both ended up falling in love with other people within like a two month span. And um, when he came back to town, I was just like, you know what, like I can't, we actually can't keep the same dynamic anymore um, because I'm now in this other relationship. And we were both able to let each other go with so much love and respect and honoring, like, I'm so happy that you found something that feels like a fit that you want to go deep in this particular way with. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was somehow like the healthiest transition that I'd had uh-huh. where I was like, wow, I really can go from having, you know, this really intense lovership with someone um, to then being friends um, to then when we both eventually left those other relationships, when we reconnected, we were both like, wow, actually, you really are the person I want to spend my life with and be with. And it, it was able to have the romantic partnership be able to be established with a level of trust and friendship that that usually doesn't happen when you first start dating and you're kind of feeling things out and, you know, do I like you? And mm-hmm. we already knew a lot of each other's kind of shadow sides or like what yeah. pissed the other one off a little right. bit more. And uh, so it was really interesting. So, you know, I often think that these type of relationships can evolve, but I think that you have to let them evolve into what they want to be versus having a particular agenda about what you're trying to get out of a particular yeah. dynamic. Don't try to drive it. Yeah. It's surfing. It's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I've definitely like driven things in the past because I was like, I really want this. And I think that there can be a real beauty in in like I'm going to claim this and I want to claim you. But these type of relationships aren't really about claiming someone. I think it's about claiming your own sovereignty in a yeah, way. Yeah, because I, I, I don't think that there is a place for claiming in love. It's something that that we open ourselves up to, to receive and to give. My ownership lies here in my in my own person. And mm. polyamorish, you probably relate <laughs> to that. But you know, but I do think that there is a, a a space in in this world, especially in this contemporary dating culture, for something like this because it's rough out there. Mm-hmm. It's so hard dating right now. I, I, it's like I tell people, it's my fourth job. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, and I've, you know, heard I've had three dates this week. Well, you know, I've had a three date week too, and and you know, it plus you've got your other jobs, and then you have friends, and oh, and by the way, I've got to go do laundry and <laughs> and pick up groceries and stuff, and then all of a sudden you're like, I'm exhausted. I am whipped by life right now, and so like being able to have have your cake and eat it too, like you know, it's we need that right now. God damn it, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, just like we were saying earlier, when you show up to a date and you actually feel resourced and you feel good and mm-hmm. you have that little bit of a glow to you, I think that you you show up differently in those type of dynamics. Yeah. Um, I will say I do think that some of the shadow side of these type of relationships, though, are um, for some women, I think that 
it is easier for them to get really emotionally attached in a way that actually distracts them. Because maybe they're saying that, oh, I'm okay with this being casual, but it's when they're not being honest about something inside and it's kind of um, they're trying to show up and be like, oh, I can I can do this. Yeah. I can have casual sex or like, um, you know, free of emotions and this and that. But it's actually like a, a hardening and it's almost – uh, a woman trying to emanate a particular um, persona, persona yeah. that's that's not true to them to try to prove something, just like how many women have to show up and try to prove something in a masculine, production-oriented system and, mm-hmm. and take on those tendencies instead of being like, hey, you know what? I actually really want to pull my energy back and and wait for someone to come along that I actually can fully open up to so that when I when I open, I, I don't get hurt. And so I, I definitely think that this type of relating, it is an advanced level and you have to have a level of self-awareness um, and an ability to communicate at a certain level about what's real um, and be attuned and connected to your own emotions and feel okay expressing them. Because if those things aren't in place, like it, it can be a slippery slope with oh, this yeah. kind of thing. This, yeah, this is like a fiery crash dead ahead. Yes. And and I think that it's that person that does have the wall around their heart or they're hardened or they're trying to you know, they just want to keep this man close, you know, that cannabis is your friend. Mm. That is that is exactly the person that needs to get casually baked and <laughs> and get alone and still and be with their thoughts. And I'm telling you, you'll cry. You will cry your eyes out. But it's like you have to you have to get open and get real with yourself and what you want and and don't try to fit in a box. Don't try to make some dude work if you don't, if he's really not your dude or, you know, or guy or girl or, you know, whoever you want to be with. There's enough love to go around. Mm-hmm. Your person is out there. I am 42 and single and I've never been married and I don't feel a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. It's okay. Yeah. You know, and I think that when you can when you can say that and you can fucking mean it, then you can absolutely have a steady piece of booty on the side. Yes. <laughs> a steady piece of booty. I love that. <laughs> Whoever wrote in with that particular piece, I'm just like, thank you. Uh. <laughs> and, you know, and I will say one more thing about the the intense sexual chemistry piece and, like, when you are trying to find that with someone else – that's something that it builds. And every time you're with somebody, you get to know them better. You get to know their body better. You get to know how your body and their body interact better. And it should, the sex should get better and better and better. So Mm -hmm. the only thing I would warn against is make sure you're not comparing you know, a sexual experience with somebody that you've just decided to sleep with after seven dates mm-hmm. to this thing that you've been doing for several years where the person knows every crevice of your body. Yeah. Yeah. That familiarity can be um, a really easy one, especially when you do feel overwhelmed with with everything else that's going on. That you're just like, oh. I just want that thing that that knows me and, and knows exactly the way that I want to be touched and played with. And um, 
while it's great to meet someone and the sexual chemistry is just like bang and it's on right away, um, there also is a level of getting to know that that's exciting. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's fun to to explore someone and see what they like and 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 what they don't like, and you know, being able to pick up on the subtleties of really what turns someone on and lights them up in their life, for sure. Yeah. And if you if you can't personally give yourself the best orgasm of your life, you're not masturbating enough to. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Because when you're having terrible dates, you know, well, let me back up. So for the past several years, my New Year's resolution has been to have as many orgasms as I can over the course of the year. Because it's great for our complexion, you know. Yeah. It you, you said for yourself, somebody walking down the street, they're glowing. They probably had a really good orgasm the night before. Mm-hmm. You can do that for yourself. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I think it's so important to have, um, just as a woman, whether you're in a partnership or, or dating and having great sex or not, it's so important to have that own your own relationship to your own body. Um, and especially nowadays, there are so many different ways that you can do that through, you know, jade egg practices, um, you know, and a variety of different toys. And um, there's just so much available now that I think women can actually let go of some of the shame that they have around their connection to their own body as well. That, yeah. And I think having that actually has your sex life when you are with someone just like just so much more expansive because you're actually able to articulate the things that you like and don't like instead of always having it feel like the man is kind of in control and, you know, going to set the pace for everything. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you're empowered to, you know, control your, your orgasm. You're empowered to control, you know, that, that situation that you're in. So true. So what, is there something that we are not covering for polyamorish? (laughs) <laughs> I want to make sure this was a pretty, you know, pretty intense note. I mean, I guess my I would I would be curious from her if if he, you know, he said he's not your person, but you truly feel complete respect and love and support from this man and that he's okay with this isn't going to turn into anything else, but he still shows up for you and, you know, it's not one of those things where you're doing all of the calling and only reaching out to him. This needs to be something where there is deep and mutual respect and that you both show up for each other and you both, you're both open and vocal. Um, if, if all that's going on, then, then I say you're not a masochist. (laughs) If, if that is going on, then yeah, girl, you got, you got to, you got to change things up. Yeah. And, you know, I'll just say emotions being involved are not a bad thing. And I I know in the past I've definitely had strong emotions for someone. And I was like, oh, no, if he knows or if I express it, he's going to run away. You know, and those avoidant tendencies are going to come up because he's like, oh, man, like, oh, if, if there's emotions, like you're going to get hooked, you're going to get attached to me. But I actually think it's such a a way of being in service to men for them to not need to be afraid of your emotions. It's okay that you feel emotional with him. 
he should be honored that you're that open in the dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be my my one thing is, you know, don't be afraid to to have that be a conversation and and have it be a conversation that he doesn't feel like he has to potentially run away from. And so in your experience being a, a you know, matchmaker and, and dating and love coach and all of this kind of stuff, how does that conversation go? If this girl wanted to have that conversation, how does that yeah. go? Well, I mean, I think just being open of, hey, I, I want to share something. Like I'm I'm feeling this thing come up. I'm not asking anything of you or I am asking something of you. But just to to be honest about your own needs and whether it's just like, hey, nothing needs to change. But I just want to tell you, like, I, you know, I'm I'm definitely starting to to feel more or, you know, I, you know, I'm, I'm noticing that, you know, I'm thinking about you more often than I was a few weeks ago and I'm not asking anything to change. I'm just wanting to be honest about where I'm at and like allowing him to hold that and being like, okay, well, is there anything that you need? And, and it, to me, it's just a thing around expectations, but if you're feeling something emotional and you're not willing to share it with someone who you're allowing to be inside of your body and to be connected with you and that level of intimacy. Um, I think that that's something you need to look at within yourself. That feels, and that feels bad. Yeah, it does. And so I, and I, you know, after hearing you say that to me, that's the key. Like when, when you're having that conversation or when you, when you have the idea of having that conversation, does it make you sick to your stomach? Like, you know, how, do you do you feel nervous? Like, do you feel like you know how that conversation's going to go and that he is going to run for the hills? Because if, you know, those are red flags. Mm-hmm. Red flags are not good. So it's noticing these red flags early and often. Early and often and get the fuck out. Because if you're noticing these red flags and then you just like, you know, take the red flags and throw them under the couch, pretty soon there's going to be a mess of shit under your couch and you're going to be a wreck cleaning house. Yeah. I I think that it also really ends up perpetuating a lot of our own insecurities Mm -hmm. and and, and it's going to keep attracting that type of person into your life. Because what I hear when I, when I think of someone who, who isn't willing to express in that way, it's generally a fear of rejection. We don't want to feel rejection. We don't want to feel unwanted, you know? So it it is an opportunity to start looking at yourself around like, oh, wow, well, actually, maybe if I'm honest with this and he does choose to leave, um, I don't have to make that personal about myself and being rejected isn't going to kill me. And maybe it helps with, you know, the deeper levels of, uh, you know, abandonment issues or any other kind of thing that you have. Um, And you're either going to use it as a way to heal yourself and get to know yourself, you know, at an even deeper level, or you're going to allow it to just continue to like have these cycles running where you're like, well, here's another one. You know, I show my emotions to someone and they just run away. I keep attracting this. Mm-hmm. You know, and so it's it's totally. such an opportunity to go deeper with yourself. And yeah. I, I really truly believe that ultimately it ends up having you feel much more empowered when that guy does show up and can hold you because you're like, oh yeah, like 
I, I actually can let you have it. Like I can let you feel all of me, you know, emotionally and physically and spiritually. And, and it gets to be a whole person that shows up instead of, you know, the, the fear and the projections kind of being the main thing um, yeah. that they're relating to. You know, and I will say, I, I joke a lot that I've been rejected more than any human that I've ever met in my life. And rejection is, they're growing pains. I am a whole together, nothing's going to take me down. I'm a straight shooter. I mean, I feel, I kind of feel sorry for people who try to hook up with me on Tinder and Hinge and stuff <laughs> because, you know, you, you send me something that is remotely inappropriate, I'm going to immediately shut you down. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm a, I don't have time to play games with 15 dudes at once. Cut the shit. And let's get down to the one or two who are decent dudes that are interested in the same thing I am. And it's not like all these dudes out here, everyone out in the dating pool, you know, nobody's wrong for wanting what they want. It's just find the people that want what you want and then dive in. Yes. Sweep away all the bullshit. Yes. Just get to the good stuff. Own and your then... desires and, and yeah, go for it. Because we all do want different things. And I think the, the more that you can get yourself off of the check, checklists and, and actually into the felt sense of, of what you want to be hearing, seeing, feeling, and experiencing with someone who is in your life, like that approach to it ends up having you feel much deeper sense of connection with someone, which is what we're really all looking for through all of this is we want to feel connected. Yeah. And I think there's also a calmness that comes about it because you're like, I have a plan. Mm. You know, I know what I want. I know who I want to show up as. And, and in the meantime, you're busy and fabulous. You're living your life. You're doing your things. You're showing up for your friends. You're killing it at work. You know, you're building your life and you can calm, cool, and collectedly find that person that is going to be the perfect addition to that with you. Yes. Yes. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Erin, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I We're going to have you in the studio quite a bit, I think. We're awesome. neighbors. We are. Can have you over here. We have tons of stuff we can talk about, but... I think Polly Amorish, I think if you can just answer, take a look in the mirror, answer a couple of hard questions, you will know in your gut if if you should continue to have this relationship with the side booty. Side booty's not bad. I'm just not sure if this side booty is the right side booty for you. <laughs> <laughs> Only you know that. Only you know that. The Love Mary Jane Column and Podcast are created and produced by yours truly. Feedback feeds the flame of Mary Jane, so submit your cannabis-related relationship questions or sticky situations at lovemaryjane.net. Thanks to my highly capable sound engineer, Arnav Gupta, and to my highly talented friend, Seth Walker, for the show vibes. You can find the Love MJ theme music, All That I'm Asking, on Seth's album, Sky Still Blue, however you listen to music these days. I hope you'll join me next week for more. Love, Mary Jane. 
Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.